Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. He is the dominant guy in his league because when he's out there, he's playing hard. This is football. You know, this is the home of football. This is where it started. You know, we love this type of football. We just can't wait. We just got to keep pushing forward. You, you can always do a little bit better. I can say all those cliche terms for you, but I think we can just step it up just a little bit. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Right now, they're just taking advantage of that strong point of their offense that they can run the ball right now. So we just got to, you know, just put the run game to a stop. And Keenum tried to go up and over, and the ball came out. It was Trevathan. Just want to take this round game. Come on with the leads, power rolls, whatever you got, man. I love it. More tackles for me. I want the rest of you Cowboys to know something. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Adam Hogue. And from The Athletic. Look, they're the best at what they do. Adam Johns. Y'all be cool. Shut up. T-minus 10 seconds. Here they are. Wow, wow, wow. The Adams. Unfreaking believable. Hogan Johns. And goes the dynamite. That's right, boom goes the dynamite. Welcome in, Hogan Johns, as a busy week rolls on. Three podcasts in three days. How how about it? And like that, you get a new nickname, the Sheriff. The Sheriff. Thanks, Ernie. Ah, you don't strike me as a Sheriff. Me? No. Yeah. No. I uh, don't really exude Sheriffness. I uh, would probably agree with that. What? what? (laughs) Whew, it's been a busy week. You okay? I'm fine. I'm going to drink my coffee. Go I ahead. Start, start the show. Do your I rundown. St- <laughs> I stayed up. I'm the one who needs to drink coffee. We both do. Um, I stayed up last night watching the Vikings. Uh, watched two of their games last night. The third this morning. And uh, biggest takeaway is, boy, the Dick Stockton name game was on fire last week. <laughs> That's, all. That's all you got. All right. Well, what'd you get? Did you do? Did you write write them down in your notes? Did you? Uh, I can do. Them should pro- be your lead note. I, I uh, you know what I did? I, uh, I wrote a tweet and then I pulled back on the tweet. That's fine. I don't. But you could say it here. Yeah. I uh, give me one example, please. Well, I'll give you right off the bat. Uh, so this is Vikings, uh, Raiders last week, and uh, this is before the, the, I've literally as the game's starting, and the Raiders will kick off to start the game. Daniel Carson gets set. <laughs> His name's Daniel Carlson. He got worse from there. Yeah. Uh, somebody named Albert Madison. Who's that? That would be Alexander Madison, the Vikings backup running back rookie out of Boise State. And um, what was the third one? What was the third one? I'm forgetting off the top of my Oh, uh, Darren Waller. Darren Miller. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was fun. That was fun. Had me laughing this morning. Got me going. All right, so I got plenty of notes to get through on the Minnesota Vikings. We will get to those here shortly. Of course, we'll have your picks for you. Kevin Fishbane usually joins us on uh, whatever days we usually do the athletic podcast. There's, you know, I was talking to my dad about this the other day. It'll be week seven to week eight before we have a normal Sunday to Sunday game. Don't say that. Yes. 
because technically this week is Sunday and London is Sunday, but it's you know we're flying across an ocean in the middle of that. Yes, so it's not a yes. normal week at all. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So the first normal week, and this is not just us as reporters, we're being selfish, kind of phrasing it that way, but the team. Yeah. Like, think about it because you got the bye week after uh, the Raiders, so that's week six. Then finally week seven. The Saints, uh, it's a 325 game. It's a Sunday you know, afternoon. And then the week after that is the Chargers noon game. Noon, what is that? What is, what's a noon game? What's, yeah, what's, what's that like? So week eight is the Bears' first noon game of the season. <laughs> the pitfalls of finally covering a relevant football team. That's right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, take I'll take it any day. But it's been kind of weird. It's been hard to get in a rhythm, that's for sure. Um, so uh, anyway, Kevin Fishbane will jump on here with us shortly. And I don't know. We got a ton for you. How about I just phrase it like that? Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. They should have a new 10 Bears Things column up today. Johns uh, has a couple stories up right now on The Athletic. And there'll be something up later. To, depending when you're listening to it, I think I got a pretty unique insider's take on the Bears acquisition and interests and everything about Eddie Pinheiro that you need. So check it out. Yeah, so that should be up later today, too. So plenty there for you to get you through the weekend. Some of you are probably playing catch-up on our back-to-back-to-back podcast. Feels like we're doing a daily radio show here. We should do a daily hey, radio that's show. A, Just say, hey, if anybody's listening. That's a good idea. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. We need Portillo's. Uh, we need Shake and Shack, and we need our own show. You, we need more time you know and more I, food. You know what I found this morning? I felt bad. Portillo's gift card. If we could have used this last week. But then it would have been like me losing the bet. Yeah. So that <laughs> yes, wouldn't really yeah, make sense yes, in fair, hindsight. But, uh, I got to improve my bet making. That could have been my peace offering from yesterday. How was that donut? It was good. I All ate right. two. That's my lunch. Um, real quick, got, I don't know, this is kind of bad news, but I um, just want to put make sure you guys know, it does not look like the live podcast in London is going to happen. I just want to make sure you guys know that. Uh, it, there's, a, there's a few things going on there, um, the biggest of which is, I think, the Bears schedule getting in the way. Uh, that was kind of just the last straw where it's 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 just not quite doable. We could do it Saturday, but then you're not getting the preview podcast till the day before a noon game yeah. so it doesn't really make sense and um so i think what we're gonna do and this is still loose right now but for those of you in london that are going to london or live in the uk that want to meet up i think we're going to try to put together a meet and greet somewhere um and you know what that'll be more fun because uh you and i will be able to have some uh pints we'll be inebriated well i don't know about to a that. point oh i don't know about that <laughs> I, I know about that <laughs> This is going to rival New Orleans a couple oh, years ago. No, nothing is when going I got to off. Happen. I got off a late flight because I had Northwestern, and I came and met you guys, and everybody was basically uh, gone on no, Bourbon Street. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were long gone. That was fun. Long gone. Yes. I show up, and I'm like, <sighs> I feel like a dad right now. <laughs> I need to make everybody go home. We have work. In the I should have gone home. You did. I got you guys all home. Yeah, not soon enough. Well, you can blame uh, JJ Stankovitz and his. <laughs> you can blame United Airlines for that okay, one. Okay, okay. My flight, I would have been there earlier. Um, all right. Yeah, the one time I fly United. Surprise, surprise. Delay. All right, let's start with um, this whole Matt Nagy yelling at Trubisky thing. Okay. Okay. It, it, it showed up on Twitter yesterday. I can't remember if we referenced it in the podcast yesterday. Everything's a blur at this point. But um, well, I think when we were recording, it just started becoming a conversation. Like correct. people started going through the film again, and you saw clips being created. Yeah, and it ended up being the first 
a question in Matt Nagy's press conference yesterday. He was prepared for it. He knew it was out there. Uh, he very uh, he 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 put it perfectly. Like, yes. hey, I'm the head coach. He's the quarterback. Without saying this, he he's like he needed a kick in the ass. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's not what he said, but it's kind of what he's getting at. And and first of all, as somebody who roams the sidelines at the college football level, this is this is such a non-story. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It really I, yeah. is. Yeah. It, it is. It, this happens all the time. Whether it's the head coach, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's the defensive coordinator, whether it's the position coaches, whether it's a linebacker or a long snapper, whatever. Yeah. Like, I've seen a long snapper get reamed out on the sidelines oh, before. Or a little you long know, snapper. Well, you know what? Get your head out of your ass <laughs> yeah. and snap the snap ball. Snap the right. ball a little bit faster, you know right, my I mean? man. Okay. This is, this is coaching. Yes. And uh, by the way, it happened. Coaches yell. It happened to be in a moment where uh, apparently Matt Nagy was seeing what I was seeing, which was can you throw one? Damn accurate pass. And and it was like, we still don't really know what the first word was, but it was something the F up. Yeah. Right? And then what was the rest of it? There was, I got you. Yeah, people something. forget that. Like there yeah. was this, this. Some people were spinning this into some negative. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, but that's where we are with the Trubisky conversation. I think some people just want to take it that way. This is coaching. If you've ever played a sport, really at any level, I was coaching my kids. Kindergarten soccer team last night. Yeah. And literally, I had to call huddle, and I'm snapping my fingers. Guys, you got to listen. You got to listen. And that's painful yeah. sometimes when you have kindergartners out there. But, like, this, this applies to every level. Coaches get intense. Coaches scream, especially when the stakes are high, like they are for professionals. They are. I mean, if, if, you ever play, if anyone ever played, like, high school football, like those coaches are probably the biggest yellers you're ever going to encounter. Yeah. Like I, I get that you want coaches that teach and, and connect with players in different ways, and that all players respond to yelling. But you know what? Some of them do. A lot of them do, especially ones that are playing professionally. And, and by the way, Trubisky did. Yeah, I said I fired him up. He in the next, I believe the next throw was that crosser to Anthony Miller over the middle that he. Which I pointed out at Twitter in the moment. There, that, because people, you know, of course, you say anything negative about Trubisky, people get mad. And I had been tweeting to that point, dude, these passes all over the place. I mean, they're being caught, but they're high, they're low, they're not where they're supposed to be. And, you know, people are, you know, just getting on me, whatever. And then that play happened. And I tweeted, that's what it's supposed to look like. Mitch put it perfectly in stride to Anthony Miller on a play that required precision accuracy crossing route for the receiver to catch and run and it turned into a first down and apparently that was right after Nagy yelled at him so uh, and then that started the stretch where he was really really good yeah yeah and look you know there's probably some more context to the conversation if, if Trubisky was actually told to shut up maybe he didn't like some of the play calls that were coming in so it works both ways we've seen Trubisky what was the story like last year when Trubisky would go into the huddle and tell everybody to shut up like oh we, yeah, like yeah, we, yeah, we've seen this. Like, well, it, uh, was that Cody Whitehair who brought that? Cody up? Whitehair something brought that like up. that. Yeah, so it, it works in numerous ways. We, we've seen we've seen Tom Brady. I get Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. We've seen him yell at his coaches before, Josh McDaniels. Oh yeah, this this happens. This mm-hmm. happens, everybody. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it does not need to be like this big controversy. It's just, it's uh, it's really funny. We don't have turds on this team. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen Nagy get hot before. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a fiery coach on I the sideline. Watch in, him. I believe in week one he yelled at his offensive line, 
Actually, he should probably continue to yell at his offensive line because yeah. if there's anything majorly revealing yesterday, his interaction with Mark Potash, which was quite, like you tweeted about it, was, was comical in nature, but it was a good banter that read, led to a real answer. He's not happy with his offensive line right yeah. now whatsoever. I wish I had yell pulled. at them, Matt. I wish I had pulled that. Maybe I can bring it back by the time we're done here because that just that exchange entertained me. What you do? Just tune out Kevin Fishbane when he starts talking later and find it, and then find it. Yes, well, I'll, I'll keep him entertained. So do what I usually do. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, I'll find it. We'll get it. We'll get it in there. Um. All right. Uh, that I mean, anything else to say about that? I think that's kind of covers it. Yeah, I just yeah. don't think it's that big. Don't overreact, everybody. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I did want to follow up because we teased it on the uh, pod yesterday that we would we would uh, follow up on the jersey stuff once yes. we got a chance to talk to the players. It, it kind of was exactly what we thought yesterday. Uh, maybe not exactly, but I, yeah, it, it seems like not everybody was aware. Most most there Players, was a, yeah there was a meeting basically a team meeting last week that George McCaskey led, in which he brought up, brought up the jerseys and discussed it with the entire team. And from talking to guys like Tariq Cohen and Prince of Mukamara yesterday, um, and Prince is one of the voices at least I value a lot on that team when it comes to especially these kinds of things. Yes, uh, they didn't have any idea. Yes, you know. So I think what. What ended up happening is, you know, Jack's story, uh, Jack Silverstein. Oh, you got it right. Very good. By the way, I did get it right leading up to the interview. I wasn't really sure. Yeah, it was kinda, fine until counts. the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, Jack. a completion percentage like Trubisky in week two, but go on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, How about that zinger on Trubisky? See, I could do it. I like it. I like it. Um, what? Are you, what? <laughs> um, now I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I see you're shocked. Go ahead. So, so uh, Jack am, Silverstein, he was on the podcast I yesterday. Am a, I am a little shocked. Uh, okay, so he writes a story somewhere. It created waves. I don't know if it was within the you know PR or whatever part of the organization, or if the internal social justice committee got waves of some of the players. I'm not sure, but there was some kind of discussion there first. And then it got brought to the entire team, I think, after it was discussed from the Internal Social Justice Committee. Anyway, um, the point being that I do think that the Bears did a good job with this in getting out in front of it. It's obvious that um, they were not aware of you know the the significance of 1936 in the NFL. Most players, yes, yeah, yes, most yeah, players, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, even like the. It, at least it didn't register enough for when they made the decision to use these jerseys to be something that they were like, hey, well, maybe we shouldn't do this. Uh, and that's fine, because as we discussed yesterday, this thing has been suppressed in history, that there was a ban on black players in the NFL. And no one really talks about the integration of some of these teams. And how long it took even after the ban was over. I think for the Bears, it was 1952. I think for Washington, it was 1962. So it took a while. Um, and so it, it's, I don't really fault anyone for you know not connecting the dots until later. It was great work by Jack. It was a great story. And I want to applaud the Bears for then how their reaction was. Because they get out in front of it. They bring it to their players. They, you know, George, and it's George, too who does this, talked about his grandfather, um, 
It sounded like from what Prince said, defended him too in there. Yeah. Which is fair. It's his grandfather. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it seems like, uh, you know, from at least, talking to Prince, they don't have any problem wearing their jerseys. Right. Tariq Cohen said, they're, said they're, they're proud, that his family would feel proud of him seeing it, him in it. Yeah. That, that's the, they, they used the word proud a few times. And I feel like Bears fans should feel proud about their team for the way they addressed and handled all this. And which one said that it's almost like we get the chance to go back and yes, do I think correct? I, I think that's what Tariq Cohen was yeah, saying. I, yeah. I, yes, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. That's why I'm kind of stuttering over my words here. But there was a sense of pride in terms of... I think Tariq Cohen said almost like rewriting history and changing it, correcting yeah. it in a sense. Like he had that type of uh, mentality approach to, to what the Bears are going to do on Sunday. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up since we talked about it yesterday. So, um, you know, that, it's a good job. It's a good job by the team. It's a good job by the the players. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll add this. So you're celebrating like your 100 years in existence, and the NFL is too. But sometimes that requires still addressing some of the the low points of those hundred years. You can, you just can't it all, can't all be a party, and this helps make that party almost better. Does that make sense to yeah. you? Yeah, is by writing past wrongs, getting out in, in front of things. I, I really like that that he addressed it specifically, George McCaskey, with, with his players. Like that type of conversation is so meaningful and such a good example, really for for others and just how to address situations like this. Conversations. And as I said yesterday, it, it would always be a mistake to ignore bad history. Yes. So if you have a chance to go back and, I mean, it's I don't know that correcting history is the right way to phrase it, but, you know, do do right by a wrong uh, in the end. It, and it's interesting. I had somebody from the league text me yesterday about this and be like, oh, I think it's really cool what the Bears did here. And I said, um, yeah, you know, but the NFL still hasn't acknowledged that this ban existed, and uh, maybe the NFL should do something. Yeah. Too, yeah. at some yeah. point in this 100-year celebration. Acknowledge it and, you know, do something to... Uh, uh, look, man, African-Americans make up a huge portion of this league. Yeah. I mean, that's what's like yesterday talking to these players in the locker room. It, it, it's, it's unfathomable to look back at a time where... Football was just made up of of white guys. Yeah, you know, well, it's I mean? fathomable because it happened in like literally almost all sports. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, yes, yes, it is. Yeah. I'm not saying that like I I can't imagine that it happened. What I'm saying is is as uh you know those of us that were born in the 80s, it, it's 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 you know admittedly kind of hard for us to picture that. It's true. You know. Yes. yes. So anyway, uh, cool. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's bring in Kevin Fishbane. You know him and love him from the Athletic. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on some of these uh, topics. He's bugging us. We got to call him. Call me now. He says. Oh, why? Why is he in a hurry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we'll do that right now. All right. I'm calling him. Calling him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Let's bring in Kevin. Kevin, are we bothering you now? No. No. Of course not, guys. I always have time for you. You're. You know, text messages say otherwise. Yeah, you just sent us the the, the rolling eyes emoji. So oh, I'm just, I'm, let's not lie to our listeners here, fish man. Hey, I thought you guys got all the acrimonious behavior out of the way in your post game show. Well, that was just us. Yeah, now we're, now, now now it's you. Now we're taking it out on you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I expect to get donuts and coffee next week. Ooh. Uh, we'll see. Okay. Actually, okay. I, I don't drink coffee, so. Do you guys like I used a bitmoji in the text earlier? Yeah, it was very it's nice. My first is ever. That, is that supposed to be you? Yeah. 
Okay, I'll design myself one. But it was confusing because it it was me. <laughs> I just yeah, it's got the hair. Look at that. What yeah, it's actually pretty good. You know, I tried to make one once a few years ago, but it's bitmojis aren't really good for gingers. It's just it's <laughs> the hair is like too orange, and it just wasn't working for me. So they like take your photo and then they automatically make one for you, and it's pretty accurate. Really? And then you can like change the little things. Like I made the ears a little bigger. I got big ears. How would you make your ears a little bit bigger? They they give you the option to do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh man, we just both need a cheeseburger. That's true. Might get that for lunch there, Matt. Oh, Kev. So Kevin and I were actually having um, an interesting. We'll call it a Slack conversation. Uh, he didn't like my pick, so I pick. Uh, we'll get it over. I'll get it over with. I I picked the Bears this week. I didn't dislike your pick. Okay. Okay. I. This is what our conversation essentially boiled down to, Mr. Hogue. Who do you trust more at the end of the... Say this game comes down to quarterback play. You need plays out of your quarterback late in the game. Who are you taking? Mitch Trubisky or Kirk, the guaranteed contract, Cousins? Mitch. I said Mitch, too. I think so far Mitch has shown a uh, a better... I mean, it's not a great. It's not much better than Kirk Cousins, but he's he's made plays late in games. Kevin took Cousins. Okay, he's got some stats to back it up. All right, where are you at, Kevin? You here? Did you leave? Yeah, I'm here. Ch- I was, chasing him I was away. hearing you guys out. I uh, I don't like stats. I like tape. So, <laughs> I, and, I, and I did say to Johns that I I would have no faith in Kirk Cousins in a late game situation against this Bears defense. Okay, but here's what concerns me a little bit. Let me throw this stat at you. Actually, Johnsy, I didn't give you this one. Mitch Trubisky, in his career, when trailing with less than two minutes to go, has completed 46.4% of his passes, has one touchdown, four interceptions, and a 41.8 passer rating. Now, obviously, as Hoke says, you got to look at the tape. There's a lot of reasons for these things. You got to go some behind of those, the numbers. I, I'm going to inject. Times. Inject. Wasn't some of that from the John Fox era? Continue. Probably. Okay. Probably, yeah. And, and the thing is, so I look at it this way. Ravens game, overtime. He makes a big throw to Kendall Wright in that first year, sets up the game-winning field goal. Broncos game, makes a big throw to Allen Robinson, sets up the game-winning field goal. Eagles playoff game, almost set up the game, should have set up the game-winning field goal. Outside those three, you know, I'm not having a ton that comes to mind as late game clutch plays. I know he can do it, and also he hasn't maybe had as many opportunities as Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins' numbers trailing with less than two minutes to go are not good. He's thrown five touchdowns and ten interceptions. So I'm not saying I have a lot of faith in Cousins, but I probably have seen Cousins do it more often and than I've seen Mitch Trubisky do it. And so that's why, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, a lot of parts of the game that I would take Mitch Trubisky over Kirk Cousins in, but when it comes to late game Games on the line, final minute or two. I have not seen Mitch do it nearly enough for me to have a whole lot of confidence in him being able to accomplish that feat. I remember that being part of the conversation and evaluation of Trubisky in his first year. I think that's why the Ravens game was so notable in his, his rookie season, is because like like the Vikings game, right? Uh, his, his debut wasn't that like a late game situation where he ended up throwing an interception. Is 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 yes. is yeah. prime time debut. Mm-hmm. I feel like he had a lot of those moments during his rookie season that became part of his the evaluation. Can he produce in, in big moments? And then, so I guess there maybe is some recency bias for us because 
the, the Eagles game is fresh in our memories. The Broncos game is fresh in our memories. And I watched Cousins just completely, you know, poop the bed against the the, the Packers. But so did Mitch. Earlier this season. They both yes. threw interceptions in the end zone against the Packers they both in the pooped, first two weeks. They, of the they both pooped the bed. Yeah, and it wasn't Packers. it wasn't nearly as a high leverage situation as um, or like the Broncos game or the Packers game, for example. But Matt Nagy talked about that third down play that Mitch made to Javon Wims um, in in the game in Washington as like a great example of him going through his progressions, understanding that his first read that he wanted was going to be covered, finding Wims. I think that might have been Wims' first catch of the season, and they get the first down, and that was a great example of what they the bears want to see from him and it's a it's a you need to get the first down there again they had a two touchdown lead so it wasn't it's not the biggest play in the world but it's a nice example of something that he can build on for if he encounters that situation when they're up by three um for example so you know i like listen I don't want to. It's not as simple as me saying I would rather have Kirk Cousins in a late game situation than Mitch Trubisky, but I'm just not ready to use that factor to use the element of clutch to be the reason I take Mitch Trubisky. It's just we just don't have a large enough sample size with him, you know, succeeding in those situations. So this game will be the third time that Trubisky faces the Vikings in Matt Nagy's offense. Mm-hmm. Fifth time overall, right? But third time against the Vikings and Matt Nagy's offense. And we saw improvement from the first time to the second time. Right, We saw the deep pass in Minnesota with the Vikings playoff lines on the line. The deep pass to Taylor Gabriel. He was efficient. I think he completed about 70% of his passes. Didn't have a lot of yards, but I think he was pretty good on third down in that game, if I remember correctly. Right, Kev? Yep. What do yes. you think... I know this was a conversation with Trubisky yesterday, but like, what do you think he can draw from those experiences going into this game? Round three. Yeah, well, he was, he was eight, they were 8 for 14 on third down in that game, and uh, he didn't get sacked. So it was a really good game for everybody involved. And it was a, it was a weird game because, you know, the Bears were, some guys were sitting out, some guys were resting, the Vikings needed it, and, and Mitch still was really efficient. That was that three-game run from Mitch to end the season, Packers, Niners, Vikings, where it was a lot of dinking and dunking, but very efficient dinking and dunking. Um, you know, he was extremely accurate in those last three games and did a really nice job of taking what the defense was giving him. And I think that's the way he's got to play it. Uh, you know, on Sunday is using that and saying, okay, you know, let's let's understand what this front can do. Let's get rid of the ball quickly. Let's know that a guy like Harrison Smith is looming. So let's know where he is before the snap, you know, all those things he, he should know because of all his times he's played against this group. Um, I was working on this for the athletics guide to the game guys, the Vikings. So if you go back to Mitch's first ever start against Minnesota, which is his first start in the career, only 18 of the 46 bears dressed that day are still on the roster. The Vikings Eight of their 11 starters on defense are still starting for their defense today. So, you know, yes, the Vikings, he mentioned this yesterday, the Vikings, they have some familiarity with him, certainly. Mike Zimmer does as well. But you got to imagine that that should help him too, that he just, he knows this group already and that that just, just the preparation, it just should make it a little bit easier. Um, Anything you can take when you're going against a group that's as good as Minnesota's. Yeah, and by the way, the the Vikings had the best third down defense in the league last year and both games, the Bears were really good on third down. 
It's true. Against yes, the yes, Vikings. yes. The, the first one at home, while Mitch didn't have a phenomenal game, he was really good on third down, especially late. And the Bears uh, converted 50% or better in both of those games against the Vikings last year. Uh, Kev, we're short on time today um, because uh, my co-host was, was not running late. He was working. Um, so... so <laughs> So uh, that's true. Okay, well, yeah, I texted you at seven thirty this morning, telling you. I know, but uh, I could not convince Matt Nagy to give his press conference <laughs> later in the day. So unfortunately, <laughs> you telling me early doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> Kevin, you got a pick for this game? Where are you leaning? Uh, I picked the Vikings this game. Um, low scoring. Uh, I just think. I mean, I. I I understand the importance of this game for the Bears, and, and I, I kind of appreciate that Matt Nagy is not shy about it. Um, but I just don't love the short week, um, and you got guys that just aren't, you know, that they're a little bit banged up um, going against what, a team that's kind of riding high right now in Minnesota. So you know, I mean, it doesn't change my overall outlook for this Bears team going down into the rest of the season. I still think they they can be a playoff team, um, but I think I had uh, Vikings. I'll pull it up right now. Uh, Vikings ten, Bears nine. Okay. Uh, would not shock me if that happened. A 10-9 football game. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of feel like he's on to something there. That might be what we're looking at. All right, Kevin. We'll see you over at Hallis Hall. Thanks, buddy. I got also, guys, Northwestern uh, 3, Wisconsin 2. Wow. So... I- told you i'd never pick northwestern to lose and i don't think i don't see how they score more than three points in madison so that's really the only way for me to uh pick the game that is okay i guess um i'm not i'm, I'm not even gonna ask you what happened to jonathan taylor to to have that that situation play out hogue looks completely puzzled and flucks him by, by well by in a weird pick. way that actually made sense he refuses to pick northwestern to lose but he does not see the cat scoring more than three points. So by by the uh, the only logical answer there is three to two. It actually it's a safety. Yeah, yeah, you got to get that safety in. It oddly made sense. What? You, what? Yeah. All right, Kev. See you. Thanks, guys. See you, All right. Go cats. We'll get to that game here in a minute. Um, our guy Joey Jobro is in the house. What's up, buddy? Hey, how we doing, boys? Culture, history. Spaghetti. These are the things of a boot country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours. For two generations, my family has provided high-quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world, but mostly Long Island and Jersey. Uh, Joe has been working on our voicemails for the week, working hard on these. Should we go ahead and play these? From uh, Monday night, this should be interesting, especially when it comes to the quarterback. Here are your voicemails from the Bears' victory over Washington. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312-222-5050. Go Bears! 
Ogie Cat, John Z. Babe, Jimmy John Joe, Pablo Dabrowski here calling in from uh, FedEx Field Stadium, whatever, in Washington, D.C. Boys, at the end of the first quarter, I just watched uh, Ha Ha take one to the house, and the uh, boys are up 7-0. to Bottom line is the defense has now doubled the uh, touchdown total on the year, and I expect that trend to continue. Defense will score a minimum of two more touchdowns this game and every game for the rest of the season. We don't need an offense. Might as well just punt. Just rest the boys up on defense. That's all. All right, let's go, Bears. I'll talk to you later. Jim from Crown Point, Indiana. Mitch still stucks. Third down. Wally, calling as I'm driving in the car. Two things. Your podcast sounded like you're talking about a seven-on-seven game. You didn't talk about line play at all. And maybe part of one of Nagy's goals was to get the offensive line in sync. The other thing is backup quarterback. He's out there. Colin Kaepernick. He's the one Bears need. Hugo in Indianapolis here. It's not fathomable that a team would look at their roster and say, we don't need Khalil Mack. Might as well just go ahead and get what we can get for him. Beyond that, no one ever talks about the fact that the Patriots gave away Akeem Hicks for nothing. These are all world players. Washington would have been better off just forfeiting tonight. This is ridiculous. Big fan, calling from Springfield, Illinois. Which one of you said a surprise cut to watch out for was Taylor Gabriel during training camp? Thanks. Bye-bye. Micah from Tampa, Florida. Remember that time when Jay Gruden's brother, John, traded Khalil Mack to the Bears? Wow. Khalil Mack is an absolute beast. If he's doing this against Jay Gruden, what is Khalil Mack going to do against his return of John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders? Oh, boy. Monsters in the Midway, bear down. Jim from Crown Point, Indiana. This is the most boring ass whooping I've ever witnessed. Bear down. Joey from Texas thought an amazing catch by Gabriel get overturned. I thought I'd bring up this awful Twitter analysis right here. Uh, not a touchdown. Ball wasn't secured from the first foot hit by some scrub. It goes by at Adam Hogue. Papa Hogue, just minutes before the game started, my daughter reported that my 10-month-old grandson had taken his first steps. I immediately interpreted that as a good omen for the Bears. Bear down. Oh, very nice sentimental kicker there. Yeah. Well, that was my nephew. Man. Yeah. That yeah. was my nephew. Yeah. Who took his first steps literally right before kickoff. Wow. And I, 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 like my dad, I wrote back in the group text and said, well, the Bears can't lose now. There you go. Which was really to get after, uh, really, I was just trolling my brother-in-law, who's a Packer fan. Okay. Was really what was going on yes, there. Yes, that's fair. That's but, fair. Uh, yeah. Um, looks like I wasn't the only cranky one after the game, <laughs> yeah, based yeah. on some of those calls. Right. And, um, yeah, okay. We already talked about that touchdown the other night. I'm not going to get into that again. <laughs> you said sorry. So when I did go back and watch that, I can understand why they did reverse it to a touchdown, because those of uh, everybody in the world that was watching on a giant HD screen, unlike us, in the uh, back you know, corner of the... Uh, FedEx field with a tiny, tiny monitor that was outside the press box. Um, you can see that the ball stays into his right hand the whole yeah. time, even yeah. though the left hand comes off. I'm still surprised they overturned it. Yeah. Because it didn't look like completely inconclusive uh, or conclusive, I guess I should say. Uh, so anyway, when, when I rewatched that play a couple times, Trubisky's movement in that pocket and thinking of what Matt Nagy said about that offensive line with Mark Potash, it 
That play does not happen if Trubisky can't move like that in the pocket. Best play he's made all season. Yes. Wouldn't no you say, question. Adam? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Some say it's the best throw Trubisky's made so far in his career. Oh, wow. Mm, uh, I think that one on the sideline in the playoff game was pretty good. Yeah, there's been... It was up there, though. It was a really good throw. It was a really good throw. By the way, we've now referenced this Mark Potash exchange twice. I tried setting you up there, I, my you friend. You did. You did. You set us up perfectly. I have it right here now. Uh, and just let's enjoy this. It's so hard to evaluate an offensive line. And I know this... It is? Big, it's hard for us. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, to, because sometimes you can think they're not playing well, and, and Harry says they are, whatever. But I know when they're playing well and they're not playing well. I, it's real. It's not. I don't know. It's. I know when they're when they're good and when they're not good. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yes. Yes. Good banter. So Patsy was upset. No, he should have. He got a. That's great. Well, that's yeah, what I said because yes. I actually tweeted out this exchange, and he he was like, "Oh, now people are making fun of me." And I said, "No, I think you got the last laugh." Yes, you got a great answer. Out it's of like that. No, yes, like no kidding. That's yeah. why I'm asking you. Yes. You're the one who knows how to do that. I, I told Mark after. I'm like, no, I think Matt's actually enjoying the banter with you. I think so too. Like, like John Fox used to enjoy a little back and forth. He actually looked forward to Mark asking questions for a, a little give and take. Well, that's what I think that was. I think that was Nagy kind of like... Having fun. Like, uh, you know, doing some shtick. And then Potsy got the best of it. Yes, yes, he won. It was Mark, great. Yes, this round, Mark Potash. He got a great answer. Mark Potash. It's the wrong use of the bell, but yes, it works. but Mark Potash. I, I, that means I got to do a plug. Um, so... <laughs> So you got that story on Pinheiro coming out later? It's, it's, it's that, like, yeah. Any minute now. Any minute now. Okay. Um, so the offensive line, I guess our segue into this game is, and you've watched the Vikings, what, all three games this year? Yeah. The offensive line has to be significantly better in this one. Mm-hmm. Significantly. Didn't allow any sacks against Denver. They held their own. Cornelius Lucas held his own against Ryan Kerrigan in Washington. But they got to be better, significantly better against a very good Minnesota defense. Yeah, I mean, Everson Griffin right now and Daniil Hunter on the ends of the Vikings defensive line are playing outstanding right now. They're both really good players. Daniil Hunter's turning into a stud, a a legitimate star. Uh, Limbaugh Joseph is what he's always been, a really good nose tackle. Now, they did lose Sheldon Richardson and Shamar Steven, who came over from Seattle in the offseason, I think is a little bit of a downgrade there. So um, I don't know that this is quite as great as the Vikings line has been in the past when they've all been healthy, but of course health has always kind of been an issue here. So that is something to watch. I I got a ton of notes here on the Vikings that we can go through. Uh, First of all, on the back end, Anthony Harris, their safety, their their free safety, is playing, in my opinion, better than any safety in football right now. Ooh, and he's next to a very good one. And uh, Yeah, and I also get to watch two really good safeties every single week. So that's saying a lot there. Anthony Harris is taking the ball away. He's all over the place. He's playing very, very well. Um, a couple things that I, I kept uh, getting back to as I went through the Vikings three games. So when I got done with their Packer game, at that point they had scored six touchdowns in two weeks. Five of those touchdowns came off of turnovers. And then against Oakland, which they just beat the Raiders down. The Raiders are bad. Uh, But they got another touchdown off of turnovers. Three of the other ones were legitimate drives. Some big plays. Set up a play action with Kirk Cousins. 
But six of the Vikings' 10 touchdowns so far have come off of turnovers. And one thing the Bears have done well so far is take care of the football. Yes. So other than the two interceptions, those are the only giveaways they have all season. Now, Trubisky has had some like head-scratching throws that should have been intercepted. Sure. Again, I think of the one to Cordell Patterson. Was it Kevin King who dropped it? Right? Yeah. Uh, the deep cross. Um, so Trubisky is known to do that, and the Vikings have intercepted him a few times in, in his career, but you're right. He seemed to, at least in the past two games, or even specifically in the Washington game, like the one bad, awful throw that he had, we're like, what are you doing? Was the Jackson Norman interception. So he yeah. has been better, more mindful of his throws. Now, the Vikings could very well be 3-0 and right now. They had a, a bad first quarter uh, in the in the in the Packer game, uh, Dan Bailey, Bailey missed a field goal. Kirk Cousins literally fumbled the ball on back to back plays. The second one was recovered by Green Bay and uh, led to their third touchdown that gave them a twenty one nothing lead in that game. The Packers, the Packers didn't score the rest of that game, and the Vikings also had a touchdown that was wiped out by a booth review, which I. I don't know if it's the only one that's happened so far in the NFL. It's the only one I've noticed and seen. But it was with less than two minutes left in the first half. They scored on, uh, I think, was essentially a pick play. And they called down, reviewed it, and added offensive pass interference Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wiped out a touchdown. They settled for a field goal. So that took some points off the board there. And um, later... They had a penalty that led to a really long extra point that was missed. So, did you see that play though, Adam? Uh, I, I mean, I saw it yesterday. I didn't go back and watch it very closely after they made the call. It, it will look questionable, right? Oh man, I mean, I don't fully understand the uh, the pick play rules, but I mean, there was they looked like they were in a zone coverage. It wasn't one of those where they're kind of uh, like a trips right and this guy kind of loops around and, and he's obviously setting a pick. Right, because usually you you do the picks on man coverage. Right, so th- I felt like the running back kind of went out to, to run his route and he was actually being a receiver and the ball went like in a different direction. It, it, I don't think the, the contact made digs open. And no, mm-hmm. I'm not just unhappy about this because of a fantasy team loss of a touchdown. It's... <laughs> It's because, like, I just, it, it <laughs> looks like a really bad it. call. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, so it, they had an opportunity to win that game. And, and that's why a big reason why I came out of that game still thinking the Vikings are better than the Packers. And I still think that after watching these three games. I think the Vikings are better than the Packers. I don't know about by huge margin, but I still think the Vikings are a tougher opponent for the Bears the rest of this way in this division. So uh, I'm going to get into that a little bit here on the offensive side of the football, too. So Kevin Stefanski took over as offensive coordinator late last season. He called plays the last three games. In the offseason, they kept him on. And from what I read, it was his – he totally embraced, and it may have even been his idea to bring in Gary Kubiak, who is officially the assistant head coach and offensive advisor. Kubiak brought in Rick Dennison, who's been his offensive line coach forever, and he's the run game coordinator. They're basically running Gary Kubiak's system yes. that you know. I mean, this is outside zone, run heavy, play, play action, action. Yes. Uh, it's ball the, control offense. Yes, yes. And so far, it is working. Their offensive line is much better. They used their first four picks in the draft on offensive players. They drafted a center in the first round, which some people don't like doing. But Garrett Bradbury out of North Carolina State is a good player. He's kind of going through some growing pains right now as a rookie, but that's normal for a rookie center. Josh Klein, not an outstanding offensive lineman, but a veteran who's steady. They brought him in the offseason in 
to play right guard in the offseason from Tennessee. Now, he's dealing with a concussion. That's a big storyline this week. So pay attention to that in the coming days because if he can't play, that could be significant. But maybe their biggest upgrade has been Brian O'Neill at right tackle, second year out of Pittsburgh. He's full-time starter now and playing like it. So this offensive line, which has been the problem for the Vikings in past seasons, is playing much better. And Dalvin Cook is a dude. He looks outstanding. He looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're blocking, and he's running, and guys are getting open, and that makes Kirk Cousins go from eh to okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, he's still just okay. There's plenty of notes I have written down here. Cousins inaccurate to Thielen downfield. Cousins throws in the really tight window and is picked off. Uh, Then he hit Diggs deep for a touchdown, but he threw it into double coverage. So, okay, got a little lucky there. He overthrew Diggs open deep, wide open deep, and then he threw the terrible end zone interception on first and goal after yeah. an impressive drive to get down. This was all in the Packer game, by the way. And that was the biggest throw of uh, the game. Yeah. And another reason why they probably should have won that game. Yeah. But so... I was thinking about that throw when I was debating with uh, Kevin Fishbane this morning and later on our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, the comeback is Mitch did the same thing the week before. Yes. Of course. Of course. So, understandable. Um, the point here being... The offense is better. I don't know that Kirk Cousins is better, if that makes sense. Uh, They also have a rookie tight end named Irv Smith Jr. out of Alabama that they drafted in the second round. He had a great game last week against the Raiders. So I think this is, when I look at their offense, they got a good offensive line. They have really good wide receivers in Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. I like their tight ends right now, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith. And by the way, they play a lot of two tight end sets. You're not going to see a lot of 11 personnel, three wide receivers on the field for the Vikings. But And then they have an elite running back, in my opinion, with Dalvin Cook with a good backup in Alexander Madison. Point being, all across the offense, the Vikings are good. They're better than you think they are based on past years. The big question, though, I don't know that Kirk Cousins is any good, and I don't know against this defense if he's going to be able to play well enough in a big game to beat the Bears. Well, it's strength versus strength. The Bears are the fifth best run defense in the league. I got the stat right here. Mm-hmm. 68.7 yards allowed on the ground. 3.1 per carry. Over three games, just 206 yards. Delvin Cook. You mentioned him. I watched his highlight reel. That's how I was kind of preparing for this game. Getting to that second level almost immediately. Running extremely hard. And boy, is he fast. Yeah. You got to break down and tackle this guy. 125 yards per game. That's what he's averaging. So you got strength versus strength. I don't know. And by the way, as a team, the Vikings are averaging 193 yards on the ground. That ranks second in the NFL. They were 30th last year. Yes. That's how big of an improvement this is. Yes. I want to say this still remains a strength for the Bears this week. To win this specific matchup? Yes, yes. We've seen them. I, I just think about that Rams game, right? You didn't have great quarterback play. And once you eliminated Todd Gurley from the equation, Jared Goff, to use the words I used to describe you earlier, was fluxed him. Like he was, yeah, it was almost a swear word there. I don't know what that was. <laughs> what? <are> you, what? <laughs> We're having fun here. Look, if, if you put this game in Kirk Cousins' hands, that's exactly what the Bears want to do. Yeah. They would love that. Akeem Hicks, if he plays, would love that. Cleo Mack would love that. That's the goal for the Bears this week. Uh, I mentioned Klein's concussion. 
Watch out for that. Another, another thing I noticed, as much as the Vikings dominate... Flummoxed is the word. Flummoxed. That's what what, what did I say? Fluxened? Fluxened. Fluxened. Flummoxed. What? what? Flummoxed. So, uh, I'm tired. Another sip of coffee. As up. bad as the Raiders... You need something else in that coffee. Uh, as, as, uh, An Irish coffee? Something like that. <laughs> I, got probably got, I, I got some Bailey's downstairs. Um, Flummoxed. The Raiders were bad. But Darren Waller, or Darren Miller, as uh, Dick Stockton called him, had a great game. And I would watch out. I noticed on the uh, the injury report yesterday, Trey Burton was full go yeah. in practice. This would be a good week to get the tight end going a little bit. Yes. Um, maybe uh, if you want me to give some dark horse fantasy advice that oh, everyone's going to think is crazy. Yeah. You know, if you're desperate at tight end, which, by the way, a lot of people are desperate. Yes. There's not many good tight ends out there. If you're desperate, Trey Burton might be a sneaky play this week. He had a couple games like that last year where all of a sudden he like, put up 30 fantasy points. Um, I'd watch out for that one. All right. I think in week four of last season he did. We might as well do that. Bold predictions. Trey Burton... Two touchdowns. Actually, Ooh. I take that back because I don't think the Bears are going to score two touchdowns. <laughs> they do. It's it's the whole part of being bold. I know, but it's not going to match up with my prediction. Okay, fine. Trey Burton, two touchdowns. Oh, you I don't really, prediction. I don't really agree with it, but I, I'm disagreeing with my own bold prediction now. Okay, that's a new one. Can uh, Mitch Trubisky over 100 passer rating be a bold prediction this week? Um, against his defense, I don't know. Step it up a little. Uh, bit. No, let's see. Go hold on. Let me see what the average is against them. Let Joe, give us a ruling. Yeah, I'm gonna say you're gonna have to step up. Step it up just a yeah. bit. I, I think it's it's right there. It's just Minnesota's got the 11th best passing defense in the league so far. 225 yards per game. Average passer rating though is 96.2. So okay, we'll say I'll stick with passer rating over 105. He just won't go there. 110? We're starting a new segment called Sort of Bold Predictions. No, I think that's pretty bold, man. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Joe, what do you got? I mean, you're going to be wrong, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, the go Bears bold are going to go home, baby. I think they're going to hold Dalvin Cook to under 90 yards rushing. That is bold. I'll, uh, okay. No, under 80 would be bold. My Good man, Joe. Okay. let's go. Under 80, there it is. Predictions. 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 All right. I don't like either of my predictions now. Um, flummoxed. He's flummoxed. None I of think, us feel comfortable the, with the predictions, the, man. Well, here's the thing. I think right now the Vikings are better than the Bears. I when, After watching all the Vikings, I think overall, when you look at who's playing well on their offense and who's playing well on their defense, like they got a backup linebacker, yeah. Eric Wilson, who's all over the field. Yeah. Okay, they're 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 good on defense, and and they're playing better on offense than the Bears are right now. So that's where I come from when I say I think the Vikings are playing better than the Bears right now. Here's the thing, though, I still think the Bears are good, and they're at home, and this is such a big game. I mean, it really is. I, every game's big. It seems like we say that every week, but you cannot fall to zero and two at home against divisional opponents. You're gonna, you're going to start your season losing to the Packers and Vikings at home. That would be really bad. Um, And so I think when you put that in the context, and this is a week where I think we learn a lot about the Bears in terms of are they good or are they really a Super Bowl contender? Because you can't lose this game at home to a divisional opponent. So 
the the injuries have me nervous. The fact that I don't know that Eddie Pinero's leg is going to be perfect by Sunday makes me nervous. Um, I think Akeem Hicks's knee is clearly worse because he yeah. had been practicing with no limitations before, even though he clearly was kind of laboring in games a little bit. Didn't practice yesterday, which doesn't surprise me. It's just a factor. You, you, you're banged. Short week. You're banged up. It's a short week. There's a lot of things going up against the Bears. I just think for whatever reason, and maybe it's the defense coming through against Kirk Cousins with you know a predictable fourth quarter takeaway uh, that leads to Trey Burton's second touchdown of the game. I'll say Bears 14-13, which was the same prediction our guy Chad Graff gave yesterday. 14-13. Okay, I'm going 20-16 to 16 Bears. Okay. I, I know what you're saying and that the Vikings look like a better team because when you have a running game working that way, everything just looks better, right? When, you, when it, it's just Well, it the, makes Kirk Cousins so much yes, better. Yes, it's the simplicity of it, right? Ground and pound. They have that working form. I just don't know what to what extent it's going to work against the Bears. Now, obviously, Cleo Mack, or I mean, sorry, Akeem Hicks losing. If he doesn't play, it's a significant loss in the middle of the Bears' defensive line. By the way, I think he plays. Yes. I think yes. what Nagy... Nagy's been pretty consistent in his injury messaging, and when he usually says he doesn't think it's that Long big of a term, deal. yes, yes. So I, I could see him playing and then being very limited against the Raiders next week. Kind of like how Khalil Mack was last year when he p- played through that ankle. Yes. He just wasn't his same self. But that's all I also... And then you get to the teams you, be, you could be, should beat up on, which is the Raiders, yeah. right? Like, like they did that last year, right? He said against... The, the Bills and the Jets, which were... After playing against the Patriots. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So that's a yeah, great analogy. So I, I do think he plays, too. To how uh, how much how effective he is, I, I'm not sure. But I do think they're able to, to slow down Delvin Cook and put this game in Kirk Cousins' hands. I like that matchup for the Bears. I think they get a, a, maybe a takeaway or two. I think they, they do come in bunches. Um, so 2016 Bears. I, I think the Bears are able to play a safe enough game offensively, keep it tight, and eke this one out. Joe? I think the offense needs to get going early. I, I think there's an, there's an impatience in this town, um, you know, coming off what the Cubs did, coming off what the Bears have looked like over the first three weeks. If you come out and you are slow to start, there are gonna, the Boo Birds are going to be out early. So I think they need to get off to a fast start. Um, all that being said, Minnesota was not great on the road towards the end of last year. They lost three of the last four. Obviously they already lost to green Bay this year. So it looks like a a potential spot for the bears to bite them. But at this point in the season, I do think the Vikings are a better football team and I I have them winning 17, 14. All right. I don't hate the pick. So we're split on this podcast because Kevin also went Vikings. Joe's going Vikings. I want to go Vikings, but I'm not for some reason. Um, cause I guess I'm just trusting this team to somehow pull out a home victory, but, um, it's split. And I think it's a really tough game. And to your point, Joe, you said something really important to get off to a fast start that changes this Vikings offense. If you get them behind and they have to throw the ball more, that would certainly play into the bears favor. So that is a, a big key in this game. No question about it. All right, let's get to the rest of our picks. I'm trying something new this week. All right. I'm going to throw you guys a curveball here, but, uh, we got to, go through this a little bit faster this week a little little music behind us see if that speeds us up yeah like 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 yeah can i be like chris berman i can't do it (laughs) (laughs) like chris berman we can do we can do a little berman all right joe the level's good on that for us to talk over uh yeah maybe bring it down just a touch but okay there we go some on-air producing here i love it 
that this music goes up and down. So just just go with us here. Okay, just go with us. All right. Uh, a little hard knocks. I'm ready to talk Oakland faster than you. Raiders. Usually. Knock on wood if you're with me. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood if you're with me. Can I find that fast enough? Let's pound the ball right up there. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. All right. I'm sure, HBO loves knock this. Knock on right wood now. if you're with me. All right, Eagles at Packers tonight. We're doing our first Thursday game of the year because it's the Packers. The Eagles lost to the Lions at home last week. Yes, what's the, happening? The hell's going on there? Seven twenty Thursday on Fox. Today's Thursday, so there's your game. Yes. Uh, Packers are a four point favorite. Go. It's something about the Eagles. They're just inconsistent, right? Carson Wentz has been all right. They've had some drop passes. Do you see the Nelson Aguilar? Bit that was the, great. That, that's funny. Yes, saving babies, man. Catch, Got, just guys, Google it. Yes, yeah. Guy saved children. Then he said, "I was catching them." Unlike Aguilar, Aguilar. yeah, fantastic. So, but then Aguilar invited him to the game. Yes, yes. So there's our game yeah, analysis. That's awesome. All right. So maybe Aguilar catches some passes. I do think this is the time where the Packers actually go down. Eagles, Eagles, like win the game. Win the game. Win the game. Well, with four points, you might as well. Okay, lock him up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. I think that's the sec- second straight week I made your lock for you. Um, I don't know if the Eagles are going to win. I do think that they are in a desperate spot here. They have to play well. I'm telling you, I think the Packers are good. I, th- I think the Packers are improved. There's no question about it. I don't know that they're great. Yes. There's inconsistencies working on both, on both teams right now. I think, it, the, I think third, the Eagles are just a better team. Third straight home, home game here, too. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, I'm going to go Eagles cover. I don't know if they win. Joe? Yeah, I got the Packers to cover. I, I don't really like Thursday night football games where um, an outside, a, a divisional opponent has, sorry, and uh, teams that aren't in the same division, I don't like those road teams. So I'm going to take the Packers at home just because short week, I like the home team. All right, fair enough. <sighs> no. The Chiefs, they're really good. Lions. <laughs> they go to Detroit. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes can't be stopped. The Lions are a six and a half point Woo! underdog at home. I usually like home underdogs noon Sunday on Fox. Not the Lions, though. Not the Lions, though. The Lions will be the Lions in this. Patrick Mahomes in the dome. For some reason, that's a conversation. I just think it makes him better. Chiefs are too good. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Clearly, clearly, I underestimated the Lions last week. I had them. I had the Eagles pretty much as a lock, but I can't go against the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs too. All right, fair enough. Uh, we'll we will keep it moving here. The Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, wow. The Browns at the Ravens. The, uh, we're going to have to pick new music next week. I don't like how this music's all up and down. It's freaking me out. <laughs> the, the Browns at Ravens. The Ravens are uh, seven-point underdogs. No, the Ravens are seven-point favorite there at you go. home. Noon Sunday on CBS. Here's the thing about the Browns. I kind of think Freddie Kitchens is like a terrible head coach yeah, already. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield. Um, Hasn't maybe, been great. Maybe he needs to uh, shut the old trap and let his uh, play do the talking a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, that's where I stand there. So give me the Ravens. I'm on the Lamar Jackson chain, even though, you know, I don't like his, his throw it up deep balls against the, the Chiefs a week ago, but they're the better team. Your uh, upset pick on the Chiefs last week didn't really work out, though. It's close. They battled. Close. They battled. Uh, I'll take the Ravens here, too. Yeah, I got the Ravens. Um, the My bold prediction of the Bears leading the league in two point conversions is obviously going to be beat out by uh, Mr. Analytics himself, John Harbaugh. <laughs> Yeah, so we're all on the uh, the Raidens, which means you should be on the, the Raidens. The Raidens. The Ra- I just 
I just combined the Oakland Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens into the Raidens. That's a pretty good team right there, buddy. That's what you get for making fun of Dick Stockton to open the show. <laughs> That's true. The New England Patriots are in Buffalo. The undefeated Bills. <laughs> Still a seven-point home dog. So, like, I, I get that everybody's like amazed by the Patriots for being three and zero. Their defense, I think, what's a lot like one touchdown. But they're just beating up on really bad teams right now. How about this? How do you get the Patriots schedule to start the year? <laughs> This is no, great. I, I guess you play in the NFC East. Yes, yeah, or the AFC East. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So the, the Bills are are better than all those aforementioned three teams. So uh, I, I still don't like them here at all. Um, look, the Patriots going to do what they're going to do. They're going to win. They're going to win. Yeah, they're going to win the AFC East. Yeah, and I think they win this game by ten points. So I'm taking the Patriots. Joe. Yep. Make it three. I, the Bills blew a big lead at home to a bad Bengals team. I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm going to lock it up. Come on, Tommy. Oh. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, we'll keep it moving. Our last NFL game. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. Micah, back. The Cowboys. Yeah, bad for playing that, man. <laughs> Why? No, nah, I think it's hilarious. It's just, I don't know. Maybe she had a brain fart. You know what I think she meant to say, honestly, is we tried to reach out to the family of yeah. the man who died. I think she left out the family yes. part in her sentence. And it her just legacy came out lives on. The nameless the reporter. Did. And now it's one of the best <laughs> sound bites ever. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. And what do you say? Uh, they were unavailable for ah, comment. Damn. Michael, back to Again, if he responded, <laughs> that is groundbreaking, earth-shattering news. It, it would be great. Knock on wood if you're with me. The Cowboys at the Saints. Two and a half point underdogs at home. The Saints. They got a nice win in Seattle. That yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they did. Without Drew Brees, seven twenty Sunday on NBC. This is your Sunday night game. I like the Cowboys. I, I yeah, love how they're I, playing. I, yeah, I'm on the Dak Prescott train, baby. I think they're hey, that man. Maybe a little um, let down by the Seahawks last week, knowing Drew Brees wasn't going to be out there. Little unpredictability. That's all on tape now. I think the Cowboys are are rolling right now. So I, I think they wait. A minute, this will be a this will be a good game. I think. Because it's in New Orleans, it'll be tough. But I, I think the Cowboys win by like three, four, somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going the other way. Who dad? Prime time, getting points at home. Um, I like the the mix of quarterback at uh, with Teddy Bridgewater and um, Taysom Hill. I think I'm going to go with the uh, the Saints to cover the spread there. All right, that's uh, that's bold. We like it. All right, let's move on to the uh, the college games that Johns loves to hear about. game I hate picking the most every year. Northwestern. <laughs> Look at this wide. 24 and a half. The Northwestern Wildcats heading down the road to my alma mater, Wisconsin. Badgers, boy, they look good. Yes, yes. I, I think the the real betting line here is if they could hold the Badgers under 200 yards of rushing. That would be tough. I mean, Northwestern still got a a good defense. They've been really struggling offensively. That, that's honestly the part of this that that concerns me the most for Northwestern because Wisconsin's defense has been outstanding too, um, as uh, as Joe knows very well. Shut it. <laughs> um, the, I was doing some prep for this for because I'm obviously calling the game. You can listen to it on 720 WGN. 
I looked at the stats. Like they had them all listed for Wisconsin and where they're ranked in both the Big Ten and national. And like the whole page is covered in ones. It's incredible. I'm like, wow. I mean, that's how well they're playing right now. So um, I'm going to say that, that Northwestern puts up a, a big enough fight to keep this under 24 and a half. But yeah. I, I do have the Badgers. I, I'm, I'm actually with you. The, Badger, the Badgers are going to route them, but it's going to be like a 21-point route, 22-point route. Okay. 24 and a half is a, a big number for me, but it will be a route by the Badgers, just not 25 points worthy. Yeah, a super impressive win last week for Wisconsin um, that uh, that hurt to watch. They dominated both sides of the ball. Offensive line is great as usual. Uh, JTT, Jonathan Taylor, touchdown, had 140, over 140 yards rushing in the first quarter. They are a very good team. They they actually, both safeties are out to start the game because uh, they don't know how to, you know, protect the lead at the end. <laughs> how do you like that cheap shot, John, or uh, Hogue? Yeah, I got, I mean, that was pretty fine. good. Yeah, they both got targeting penalties, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, this is just a mismatch. Uh, Northwestern has kept it close against big, big opponents before. And they've actually, uh, Hoke talked about this on the radio earlier this week that, uh, they played well against guys like Jonathan Taylor and, uh, uh, Saquon Barkley in the past, but, uh, this is a motivated Wisconsin team. I think they go in, um, and win by at the, at least, uh, 24 points, but it's still worth listening to on WGN radio. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Northwestern's defense coordinator, Mike Hankwitz, used to coach at Wisconsin. And for whatever reason, the last two years, they've held, uh, they've held up Jonathan Taylor. Now, I think a big difference is Jack Cohn, the quarterback for Wisconsin, is playing a lot better. So we'll see. It's 11 a.m. Saturday on ABC or on 720 WGN. Our pregame coverage will start at 1030 for ding, ding. you. And uh, looking forward to being back in Madison. All right, number 18, Virginia, at number 10, Notre Dame. I thought Notre Dame played well last week against Georgia. I, I concur. Even though, I mean, did you see? Did you watch that game? Mm-hmm. I I've never sat there wa- watching a television so much and been like, I want to be transported into that stadium right now. It looked so cool. Like Georgia's got the technology to shut off all their lights, like every break, every time out, and every fan has their phone out with the lights, and it's red, and it looked. I'm like, the place looked amazing. And the next day, I was listening to SiriusXM, and whoever was hosting apparently like grew up in Atlanta and like isn't a Georgia fan, but has been to a ton of Georgia games and actually was like, usually I'm saying like this is an overrated fan base. The atmosphere is not that as cool as it's made out to be, but that that game last night was the coolest atmosphere you would ever been in this life. Yeah, like that's yeah. how rocking it was. And Notre Dame, I thought played well yeah. and put up a good fight. So I'm not surprised they're 12 and a half point favorites going back at home. This is 2:30 Saturday. Um, I have it down to CBS. That can't be right. This has got to be on NBC. Yeah, I'll, I'll double check that. Anyway, I got Notre Dame covering. Yeah, same here. I, look, Notre Dame actually brings that pizzazz. I feel like the, to games like that, especially non traditional matchups. I feel like especially like the old, you know, uh, Miami rivalry. Like everybody loves to try to beat Notre Dame. It's just uh, people get into it. And Virginia is not Georgia, not nearly as talented. We, I, I thought for a second that Notre Dame was actually going to win that one against Georgia. They're a good team. They are a top 10 football team. I think they proved that um, against Georgia. They handle, they'll handle uh, Virginia pretty well here. Last week was not a season ruiner. Uh, this is a team that knows how to make it to the Final Four. 
Um, you know, to lose in Athens at night is really nothing to be ashamed of. Notre Dame played a heck of a game. I see them coming back home and really putting it on Virginia. I like Notre Dame to, to win by a lot here. All right. Uh, it is 2.30 Saturday on That's NBC. That's why we have Adam on the sideline. All right. Hold, slow down there, Ted Albrecht. To, to 2.30 Saturday on NBC. We move on to our final game. That's why we have Adam on the sidelines. He knows everything that's he going on. He nailed that one. Uh, number five, Ohio State. Boy, have they looked good. Right, Joe? Haven't, hasn't the, the Buckeyes, they look great. Shut it. <laughs> At Nebraska. <laughs> Amazing football team. They should actually get that patent on the the. The the. No. no. Come on, I'm here. trying to troll Joe here. No. Nobody wants oh, to. Okay. Too you far. can't get too, a patent. Too far. Okay, I'm just on trying. On the word the. I'm just trying to get our guy, you know. The Wolverine fan, Joe, all riled up. I'm already know, riled, dude. There, there's, there's no, you don't need to stoke the bear here. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing here. Uh, okay, I hate Ohio State, too. So we can all agree on that, except for John's, who has a weird affinity for them. My cousin won a national championship playing for them. Nah. Adam, How much yeah. do you get for his uh, championship ring? Oh, he, still, he still has it. still has it. <laughs> Urban Meyer. All right. All right. Ohio, Ohio State, State in a route at Nebraska. Nebraska's a 17-point home dog. 6.30 Saturday on ABC. You know my rule about these things. Nebraska at home in their biggest game of the season at night. You always take the underdog in this situation. I'm taking Ohio State. That's how good I think they are. I think they win big. Joe? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I was just going to say, if you're going with that rule, I'm going against it. Nebraska cannot hang with Ohio State. Um, they, might, they may have been preparing for this game for a, for a long time. I don't really know why game day is going there. This is not going to be a good game. Ohio State is going to roll in a big, big way. Game day is going there because at, for the 17th year in a row, Nebraska is 100% overrated. I, I, I do not understand why everyone falls for this trap every single year with Nebraska. They were good 20 years ago. And it's cool they sell out their stadium every game. Congratulations. Yeah. And they have the nicest fans in the world. The old black shirt defense. I actually loved some Eric Crouch back in the day. Oh, I'm not denying what they did in the 90s. Tom Osborne. The 90s. It was great. <laughs> uh, uh, and their fans, again, the greatest fans in college football in terms of how nice they are to you when you show up on their campus. I love going there. Really cool atmosphere there, too. I mean, it's, one, it's, one of the best in America. It's going to be awesome Saturday night. But they haven't played defense in 20 years. <laughs> and Ohio State <laughs> plays really, really good offense. Yes. And they have a guy named Justin Fields who looks outstanding. Yes. yes. So, like I said, Ohio State in a row. Buckeyes, big. Yes. There we go. All right. Let's get out of here. We need to go to Al's Hall. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, at Joey Joe Rowe for our guy Joe Romano, who always brings it with his picks every week. Uh, please stop keeping track of these picks. We do not, <laughs> we do not appreciate that. Was it Sam Householder? Yeah. We now know your name. Yes. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. That's what this was, real talk, here on the Hogan Johns podcast. Uh, read us, WGNRadio.com slash Bears. My 10 Bears things will be up later today. Johns' story on Eddie Pinero will be up later today. I think it's Eddie Pinetto. Eddie, Eddie Pinetto. That's what it is. One more time. Eddie Pinetto. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Thanks, Vic. Thanks, Vic. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Be nicer on the voicemails this week, please. Can't get every call right. And uh, I don't know. Enjoy your weekend. Bears, Vikings. It's going to be a tough one. I think we're going to learn a lot about this team this weekend. We'll talk to you after the game with our post-game episode. See you, everybody. Let's pound the ball right up there. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. All right?